0: So I don't usually uh, edit my Pure Lunacy videos, I just want to say that I know I said Long Island instead of Ellis Island. (sighs) Forgive me interwebs, ring the bell of shame. It had been a long day, okay? (laughs) I just wanted to correct that. Welcome to Pure Lunacy, thanks. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Pure Lunacy. It's another week and another conversation. I have my wonderful friend. We've known each other since we were babies and freshmen uh, in college. This is my wonderful friend, Stephanie. Stephanie, say hello to Pure Lunacy and say hello to the audience. Hi! How are (laughs) y'all? Yes. Stephanie, tell a little bit about yourself, what you do, and uh, just how you're involved with things that are going on.
1: I am a licensed master social worker under supervision for my clinical license. I'm a mental health therapist in a shelter with, for undocumented children. Um, I find myself locally trying to advocate for anti-racism. And um, most of my practice and my focus is trauma-focused.
0: Right. So y'all, y'all need to understand one the the heavy impact of the work that Stephanie does, and she still keeps a bright light. Um, just understand this is one of my friends that you know when we get together we get loud and we get loud in joy, we get loud in happiness, even with the reality of the darkness in the world. Um, what else? What else is going on? So you mentioned you know you're assisting with four undocumented kids. Um, what are you seeing in your part of town? Well, um, a lot of resistance to that. A lot of
1: people that work with me don't tell people where they work. Um, I make it a purpose to tell people where I work because I want to see their faces. Right now we don't have any kids
0: because um, the borders are shut down
1: yeah. and they're keeping the kids at the border, which we know because eh, because they got sued for it. Really bad conditions. Our shelter I had a vision when I started working here that this is a brand new shelter that they have trauma when they are in their home country, regardless if they have trauma at home or not, there's community trauma, a lot of gang members. So then they have trauma during their journey. There's a lot of kidnapping, a lot of starvation, just going through muddy water is traumatic. And then they have trauma in when they get detained. And so I, my hope, and I've seen this over and over again in my shelters, when they come to our place, it's like the beginning of a healing place. And so we try to do a holistic approach. So if we see a kid struggling, yeah, we're going to do mental health, but we're also going to give them sound machines. We're going to give them a weighted blanket. Um, I'm going to tell the teacher to give them five minutes and they're going to have a signal. It's just
0: We just do whole person. Um, so that's what I've been doing. That's so important, especially with, you know, what's going on right now. One of the things that I always try to mention is the need for immigration reform. Um, the system, the laws, they're broken. Um, and we, we see these kids and it's very easy and uh, especially in the state that we live in, it's very easy for people to say, well, they're illegal, boot them out. And that's it's, it's bigger than that. And it's just not you can't put a Band-Aid on cancer. You can't just say. Undocumented, illegal, out. Um, how do you, what's your perspective? How do you view the conversations we're seeing? I mean, we just heard, I think today, DACA may be discontinued, um, which is a huge program for kids. And it not only helps these kids who, you know, have undocumented status, it, it helps the future of our country to have these people be part of our society. Uh, what's your take on the stuff that's happening um as far as DACA that's just I mean
1: they're, they're not criminals they're just people that can't like they didn't ask to come over here they didn't migrate over here their parents brought them here they probably don't even know Spanish and if they do know Spanish they'd be they would have to acculturate to their they wouldn't know the culture over there they probably yeah. never even visited they're Americans, and the fact that he's trying to do that, the fact that he's using COVID to continue to close the border, I mean, seeking asylum is not illegal. And exactly. they're not going through all this because it's a great <laughs> place at home. If people would just hear, like, one horror story that I heard, even, like, the most... The, the, they had a good home life but this. gains because they were in a military school telling them, I'm going to kill your whole family if you don't join the gang. Like, They're not coming to be like, oh, the
0: American dream. Like, yeah, cool, American dream, but no. (laughs) You know, and I try to, you know, especially whenever talking about people who are coming and asking for asylum, I think it's important to recognize, you know, people were asking for asylum on Long Island and it hasn't stopped since, right? And before that, I mean, if we look at the foundation of this country, the pilgrims came here for asylum, from persecution. So it's always absurd to me to hear people say, no, 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 you're, yeah, we can't allow that. And I was actually part of a a convention a little while back. And um, one of the propositions was to one, remove uh, the family uh, immigration that would allow families to come together. And then two, one of the propositions was to set a merit based immigration and my immediate thought was well what were the merits of the pilgrims who came to this country what were the merits of the irish who were starving let's stop oh, calling what? it the, let's stop calling it the irish uh, famine let's call it the irish starvation because that's what it really was uh you know so it it just i'll, I'll get it on a soapbox you know me i'll get on a soapbox about this And I mean, I'm just glad that you're somebody who not only is an advocate, you work with these people. You, you, I do
1: touch their lives.
0: They're my favorite population.
1: I worked with them post-release. So once they were Mm -hmm. released to the shelter and they were at their home, I worked with them in Dallas and I was like, once I become a therapist, I have to be their therapy therapist. And there is just so rewarding. There's not one person that works with us that are like, it's okay job. Everybody's like, we love our job. The kids cry leaving. We cry. I, I don't cry. I internally cry <laughs> when they're leaving but it's just it's to me there's a common denominator the pe- the pilgrims and the Ellis
0: um what is it Ellis Island? Long right? Island. Yeah, Ellis Long. Island you're right. I said, I said Long island. island, my bad. <laughs> Ellis Island. I was For like, some wait, reason. did I miss the You're line. wrong, you're I'm right. I'm just, I was just talking and I said the wrong yeah, the wrong island. They're, they're white. They're coming in. It's
1: uh, I wonder if people are upset that they're brown and coming in. I wonder if that's like the underneath, you know, cause we have, we have like unknown, unconscious racism in us just from everything, what's beauty, what's, what is okay. Immigration, what's not, I wonder if that's underlying, especially right. when our presidents are calling them bad hombres, can't even say hombre, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm still doing this. Stephanie, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I'm all a therapist, and I'll be like Stephanie. (laughs) Look, I will say this. um, Just because, you know, one one of the degrees I have is history. um, I will say that historically, America um, has been isolationist. And historically, whether, you know, you look at the immigration of pilgrims, you look at the immigration of the early 1900s, Um, and you look at the immigration of today, right, or the 1990s to today, uh, historically, our country has leaned towards isolationism, and historically, it's been anti-immigration. And that's why we start to see some of the trends when it comes to immigration. Like, the best example is uh, looking at the trends of Chinese immigration on our West Coast, and after the, you know, the, the train... Railroad train tracks were laid down. The country stopped allowing Chinese to come in, so they opened the doors for Japanese to come in. And then World War II hit, so they shut down the borders to the Japanese and opened the doors to the Chinese. And now we look today and we have COVID-19, and we're starting to see a repeat of history, right, where different groups, different time periods have a surplus of immigrants. And at that time, that group becomes a group that nobody wants. Um, so including the Irish, including the Jewish. Oh, okay. Thank so, you. Um, I would say this and this has been studied. I would say that people who are white skinned in America who are of immigrant descent had an easier time assimilating into American culture than people who are of other skin colors or other features. <clears throat> and I think that it, it sounds harsh whenever folks hear it that way right but I it, it's it's a it's a harsh reality um, and I've, I've actually spoken to people who are descendants of um, you know Eastern European Western European countries who came in the early 1900s and one of the ways of assimilating was having to let go of their culture let go of their language and it's sad <clears throat> it's sad to see that Um and it's sad that we see this repetition today with the surplus of immigration population being from Latin America. Um, but I don't think Latinos are gonna be letting go of, uh, Español y su cultura y la para la gente. I don't think that you're so gonna boy, that. We're in rural, I'm in
1: rural America, like yeah. 5,000 people rural America. And they're, so our shelter has had the hardest time trying mm-hmm. to find, spanish-speaking therapists um because they're my my age group doesn't speak spanish here my husband doesn't speak spanish and so one day i asked my father i was like why did not you teach your kids spanish well when they were growing up they were actually taken down three or four grades on per- i mean he wasn't his parents advocated for him but other people were sent to another school where mm-hmm. lower grades would get punished So they decided to help their kids. They weren't going to teach them Spanish.
0: Mm -hmm. So you see it. And that's what I trying to say. You know, you see history repeat itself. And it's a sad fact that in America, a country that's so proud of being an immigrant country, a country of dreams, that at every stage... Of our country, we've had a group of people who are the majority immigrant population that was discriminated against at some point. <clears throat> and and you know, like I said, it's easier for some groups to assimilate and become part of the American culture and the American fabric, and others, it's not so much. Um, there's no other you know easy way to to state what is historically fact. And you know? I and you know I'll segue into. Uh, The conversations we're having now, it's, and I, as a professor, I always say it's hard to talk about the reality of the past because the past is messy because people are messy. (laughs) So how are you, you know, in your community having these conversations and and how are you involved? I know you mentioned that uh, you've been a vocal member and if you've had to delete people, you delete them. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I've unfollowed a lot. Um, I opened up my social media. Then I closed it back up because people can have my nerves. But um, I unfollowed people. <laughs> the main thing I did was, so there was this girl, uh, this is how small this country, the county is, on Jackson County Facebook page saying that she wanted to do a B, uh, Black Lives Matter protest, but she wanted it to be silent. And it had to be this. I said, really? Oh, why a white girl trying to tell me to be silent at, an, at my own protest? Mm-mm, I ain't going well then everybody got mad because I'm the outsider here no one knows me well then she started getting death threats from even her own family her. so she was like I'm not going to do it I said I am and we don't have to be quiet we're going to be cool so they continued to say that there was going to be people being shipped in from Houston like anybody cares to be shipped in from Houston to Edna 5,000 people again <laughs> and so the sheriff, the, no, the chief of police who went to my wedding um, cause my father-in-law is a, and I do not speak for them. My father-in-law is a, um, judge here, municipal judge. So he went to my wedding and he had posted like, don't, I want y'all to have the right to protest, please protest. So I posted, I was like, let's just come. So we had a lot of people, we had about a hundred people, which is a big deal. Um, he said that was the biggest protest he's ever seen, wow. um, in Edna, We started with amazing grace and prayer. People chanted, people sang. We had singing music, whatever. And then we ended on our knees for eight minutes. I could do one minute and my knee was hurting so bad. At the eight minute mark, you could just see like people crying and like, like he, that I've had to purposely do that. I know I'm not like athletic, but there were some people that I could be like, oh, they could totally handle eight minutes, but no one could. Like everybody was like, my knee is killing me. So he pushed past his pain to hurt somebody. That was like seriously insane to me. Yeah. And then um, I have found myself sharing. It's Christine Kane and oh my God, I love her, Dr. Anita Phillips. Mm -hmm. Conversation about racism in the church. I shared it with every pastor that I know. And I was like, can you please do me the favor of just listening to this? And these are all white pastors. And I thought I was going to get like a, okay. A lot of them thanked me and kind of understood. Even my pastor the next day, the next Sunday, which happened to be when Victoria, our bigger city, was going to have a Black Lives Matter protest, asked that the voices that haven't been heard be heard, which caused another controversy at our church because the police officer's wife got mad that he was saying people should go to the Black Lives Matter protest, which he didn't say. So it's, it's kind of been hurtful to be a part half-white, which I don't normally claim, but half white and to be a part of a church that's multicultural and just see people so insensitive and could care less. And so I have started to think people like me besides my blackness
0: mm-hmm. in spite of my blackness. And I, you know, that's the intersectionality of being who we are right in this country and not only identifying with our Afro roots identifying with our latin roots identifying with all the parts of our roots and still being part of this conversation Um, what i've faced in certain situations is uh people have told me that it's not my place to speak and i've had people tell me that um this is not a situation where my voice should count regardless of whether my roots are afro or not Um, i'm latina so you're latina so you don't get it because a lot of people don't know Latin history, and they don't realize that America received, you know, maybe at most 4% of slaves out of Africa. And the country that received the most, that I always repeat, is Brazil. Yes, I said your country. It's not something we should be proud of, right? No, we it, something that. Yeah, but we received the most slaves because that's how badly they treated the slaves. They were disposable. So it was like, yeah, just bring in a new batch of people, and it's all good and it's part of our history, and unfortunately, um, not everyone, but I have seen situations where um, I've been told to stay in my lane, and you're light bright. People you're, you're not skin, you. your, your skin color um, does not uh, allow you to be part of this conversation. This is not a, a movement for you, or if you're if you're going to be part of this movement, get in line. You're not allowed to make any critique. You're not allowed you're allowed to, to get in line with uh, what the movement is and stay stay in that lane. Have you faced anything like that, uh, being an Afro-Latina? I feel like no.
1: Like, my friends, like, because I posted this whole thing yeah, just to make sure people knew I was, I don't, like, I'm. my grandma was black, I was raised in Panama, I did not ever associate or was a cult, like, culturally understood whiteness when i came to the united states i actually since i came to texas my Mm. my vibrant personality goes more with african-american community the mexican community they're more muted Mm -hmm. um which is great i mean my husband's mexican he's muted we can't have two loud mouths so (laughs) my friends like all my black friends like girl you a sister why are you even posting this but I wonder which is crazy because if we were like let's say black because I could say black American if, African, so we, were, if black we were born
0: American, and raised here we there's would
1: black Americans that are our color of skin
0: so I don't yeah that I think that and, and that's why people are you know, uncomfortable having this conversation while BLM, Black Lives Matter, is occurring. But I think that, in my opinion, this is the moment we should have this conversation and we should have the conversation about intersectionality in uh, uh, this conversation because, yes, Black Lives Matter, including Black Latino lives, and not only should we address it in the American, you know, community of Black lives, we should address the colorism, And the history that we have in our latin communities and this is something that you know about right yes i um, actually did i did a chat
1: on it and then i did so devro my the company i work for wanted to do a forum and i was like "Mm, i'm not going to do the typical bml forum we're all latinos here so i'm going to talk about colorism and stuff like that, and right. every single person had a story,
0: if they're, pelo malo, hay
1: que adelantar la raza, you gotta up your, you gotta explain to people
0: what pelo malo is, because pelo malo todos no entienden en español, <laughs> I
1: translate like, the second one, not the first one, pelo malo is like, my hair, it would be considered, like, anything that's not straight, any feature that's not considered, like, that's not whiteness, so, having yes. a wider nose, bigger lips, um, so beauty is associated with the more white you are on the spectrum, not just your color, but the more white you are on the spectrum, the more beautiful and accepting are. it are right. that
0: you are. Like, and this is in Latin, Latin, Latin culture for people. This is who Latino understand.
1: culture and Latin
0: is, culture. This is part of the colorism that we see in our Latin culture. And you see this in Black culture, but I'll
1: let them speak on that one. But they, they, I've heard it too. Um, mm-hmm. And then another thing is. Like, get out of the sun, you're gonna get black. My black grandmother said, la raza soy yo. I have to up my race. I'm gonna be the only black one. Mm-hmm. So, marry a black, I mean, marry, a white, guy, white marry a white guy. And so, for years I didn't accept my hair, and then I'm like, what? I'm mm-hmm. spending how much of my time straightening
0: it, and it still looks like crap. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I was very, and it's a big thing and yeah. and you know I had a family member who said um in Portuguese they're like Priscilla, se si você vai casar com pretinho, não casa com pretinho americano. Meaning, Priscilla, if you're going to if you're going to marry a black man, right. don't marry an American black man. <laughs> like it's okay if they're latino or you know so not only is there the colorism, but there's also a latin discrimination against black Americans. Not, right. you know, there's a they thing think they're different. Oh, oh, you're Latino and Black? Okay, but you're Latino, you're good. But if you're American, Moreno, you're American Negro, like, no. It and, work and that's part of the conversations that we should be having. Me and too. There are I people who have conversations. Conversations. Huh? I have those
1: conversations with my yeah. own family member, and it's hard for Latinos Me to too. do that because we are trained to be very respectful, which respectful in Latinx houses means shutting yeah. our mouth which I don't do very well, so I don't <laughs> F it. very I don't uh, do forget it, uh, <laughs> I told my mom, I was like, what do you mean, que yo me creo what do you mean that I, I, I want to be black so bad, you are black, she goes, no, my mom was black, I'm brown, I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. are we serious, I'm like, mom, you used to use relaxer in your hair,
0: like, but it's okay, she doesn't want to, accept that part of it that's fine I want to it's part manage- of the culture that we, it, it's part of the culture that needs to be dissipated we need to have these conversations and Latinos need to recognize the racism that we have in our cultures and it's brought over to America whenever we, we have our immigrant family members come to America this push against um, mm, I won't be too dark Yo, and I'm black model. like color black skin
1: Latinos say they're not black
0: Yes, I, I'm... Big Papi yeah, from okay, Dominican or, Republic. Big Papi, who is a, a baseball player, professional yeah. baseball player in America. He is a black man. That man is negro. Y no yeah. a, no se crea negro. He does not believe he is a black man. He is Dominican. And right. it's, it's crazy to well,
1: well, see, and I want to mention racism and colorism. Because yes. the reason why we can't be racist is because we're an oppressed group. And racism, the way it's defined in um, anti racist, uh, who's that guy that says, How to Be an Anti Racist? The guy that made that book. Right. What? Well, Google it. So that guy, he. Um, He describes racism as a more systemic thing. We could discriminate against each other, but the racism is where we have the power over. We really don't have power over in Mm. this country being a minority. So we have a lot of colorism. I mean, like, and it's sad because it it took a long time to accept the brownness and the blackness of it. I didn't even know black I got, I got I could have sworn I was three and and then my hair was too ugly and then my this was too, it was just I had to get out of the like and I was always wanting to be on this um I had to get out of this it's just, just it's sad
0: but we're it's changing sad. and I agree and I, I, I always tell people this story because I grew up in Dallas Texas I was born and raised in Dallas and I grew up in Pleasant Grove and at that time the 90s there were three races right there was black white Mexican mm-hmm. it wasn't Latino it was Mexican Right. Right. And if you looked like me, you were one of two things. You were a really light black girl. Or if you look like me, you were mixed. And people would treat me poorly. And they, they would say, oh, you're a really light black girl. You're light skinned. Oh, mm-mm. Oh, crea, da, 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 you know, or they would say, oh, you're mixed. Ugh. You mixed. your family, mixed the races. And this was happening in the 1990s. And it's sad. It's sad, and I, I'm like you. I hated my hair. I mean, when we grew up, who, who did we have to look up to? Like we had no one. I'm so we glad. had Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Jessica Simpson. And nobody had straight hair. Out. Nobody had curly hair, and you'd get made fun of. And I would try to go play hide hey, and seek. One time I played hide and seek on the playground, right? And I'm on the playground, and this little boy goes, "You can't hide from us, Priscilla. Your hair's too big. We'll find you." And I was just like. <gasps> Oh, I hated my hair. I hate. I hated my hair because it I was. I I was
1: white at one point. I thought it would just be easier, and I guess it would. It would have. And been that's the fact thing. We think that like, it would be easier. easier we're we're children. And I grew up in Panama. Yes. But I went to a private American school, mm. so I was pretty much the only like Panamanian brown girl there. Everybody else was like light skin white, and so I don't know. <laughs> I'm like. It's sad. Know. It's why not, I didn't even understand. And you know what was crazy? When I came to Pan, when I came to the United States, people kept calling me Negra and High Yellow and Yellow Bone. And you yellow bone. yeah, I didn't understand nothing. I was like, what are these people talking about? I knew English, but I didn't know the lingo, right? right? And then I went back to Panama in 2009. I was telling my friends, I was like, you know, they think I'm black in Panama. And this is me not knowing Afro. Like no one's teaching me this. So. And my friends that were are Black are like you're not Black, you're Trujillano, you're Brown. Yeah. Is this like a? But now I understand it's more of like a non-accepting thing. Right. Like I, you know, you pay like respects to. I mean, like if you had light blonde hair or you had, my mother see like you turned out with green eyes, we would pay respects to all the whiteness of that. Mm-hmm. We don't pay any respect and we don't recognize any of the brownness. My mom actually told me, "Hey, you've been in Molda before it was in Molda. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "You had your hair curly before it was <laughs> before it was popular." And it really is. I really is. <laughs> And <laughs> We both did. Yeah. yeah. We both because did. we got You're tired
0: of straightening our hair. <laughs> we we were trying to study. Oh, yeah. It was uh, like <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Ah, but the dam- the damage is there. But I think it's a damage that influenced us both to be, you know, very vocal on who we are, and also being vocal in support of all the communities that we are part of. Because we, are, we, there, this is where I say there's intersectionality, intersectionality of who we are. And yes, you can be Latino, and yes, you can be Black. And yes, you you can be all of these things and and have a voice and have a valid voice in it. And yes, right now is the time that we should be speaking on it. Right now is the time that we should have this conversation, because right now is the time that it's all coming to a head, you know? So it's already ugly. Might as well clean up everything. There's no reason
1: to sweep something under the rug and pick up another. Let's just have surgery. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like, well, I'm not a doctor, but this is the analogy I'm going to use. Kind of like when a doctor opens up, but he sees something else, he's not going to be like, let me sew that back up and I'll get to it next week. Now he's going to take all the mess out. So let's just take all the mess out. Let's let's talk about it. It already hurts. Let's just completely take it out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And and that's why, you know, and, and this is where I guess you and I, like we were both discussing on our own, Uh, Black Lives Matter, and I I made a post, and I made a video saying, you know, Black Lives Matter needs to include all Black lives, and um, a lot of people took it as me, you know, being anti-Black lives, because I I I was discussing, and yes, critiquing. We, We can't, Black Lives Matter is a movement, yes, The statement stands true, but we can't not critique what we see before us. For example, um, one of the things that I do not agree with is that uh, the people who have formally founded the organization outside of the statement, a lot of them are Marxist. I'm not going to stand behind that. I know what socialism and Marxism has done to my Latin American heritage. But people have said, You are light-skinned. You're yellow-bones. Oh, this isn't the movement for you because uh, people who are darker than you get treated worse than you. So it's not your place. And do they say that to their light-skinned cousin or what? I mean, I'm sure when a cop
1: stops me, they're not like, wait, are you lucky now, (laughs) No, (laughs) they're
0: treating me the same way. And and that's that's the craziness of the conversation that we're having today. And people are so uncomfortable having these conversations. And that's why we have pure lunacy that I'm doing. That's why we have you speaking out in your community while you continue the good work as a therapist and working in your social work, you're, you're making a huge influence. And I think that it's awesome. Um, what else, what else do you have anything else you would like to contribute or say, or? I think a lot, um, of course I'm going to bring it
1: back to self-care and I think self-care is an overly used term to mean like, I'm going to get a French manicure, but <laughs> that's <laughs> fine. if you feel good, but I just want people to understand. And I, this, I got from Dr. Anita Phillips, y'all need to listen to her, but she says, this is a relay marathon don't feel like you have to do the work all the time. Cause at first when this was happening, I was like 24 seven trying to educate people, trying. And then I realized, you know what? They Google stuff to make Pinterest stuff. They could Google this. So when they ask me, I'll give a simple one, two answer. And then I'll send them resources, even though I don't have to. And I'm going to, in the moment that I'm too tired, if someone else can pick up my slack and vice versa. Right. So really, just taking a pause from the movement—not the movement like, oh, now I, I hate Black Lives. Not like that, but more like a pause from like fighting full fights because it's tiring and exhausting. It's it's really really sad when you see people that you thought loved you and you thought like understood you post a picture of a black dog and say this Black life Matters wow that's a close family member of mine by the way um and like stuff like that you just kind of pause and really whatever works for you I feel like when everything that works is has to do with mind and body like getting in sync and getting out distractions so meditation praying singing yoga YouTube it. It'll be great. Mindfulness. <laughs> she
0: said, YouTube it. <laughs> Take some time. Take some time to YouTube it and find You know all what, the steps to fantasy football. You know everything Kim Kardashian is doing in her life with Kanye. Right. Take some yeah. time away from that and look into what is useful in your life. Yes. Yes, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And that's why
1: I I quit answering all white people's questions and I started sending videos depending on the situation. Like, so if they were Christian, I would send them a Christian video explaining it. But, um, I stopped because I'm like, I'm not going to be your token black friend that you quote. And you could Google everything else you want to Google. You could make,
0: put some work into this. It takes work. And I want to, I want to add something because most People probably don't know this. You're a preacher's kid. I'm a preacher's kid. Sometimes we were the stereotypical preacher's kid. <laughs> Jesus saves. Hallelujah.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, like, when I want tell people, I'm like, I'm a Christian. I'm just not your like. Difficult. I mean, like, I sing in the worship team, but I know I get on people's nerves when we go backstage and I'm talking about <laughs> liberal stuff. Like, I'm like, did you just make a misogynistic comment? Did you just say riots instead of
0: protest Because that's very racist. I don't care. I could be well, a Christian. And one of the things that I've, I've said before, and, you know, I'll say now is, um, I always say this. The, the most racist moment in America occurs every Sunday morning. Uh, when we Christians come together to worship Jesus, to worship God. Um, how have you seen these conversations occur in your congregation and your Christian community? Um, my pastor did mention a few,
1: a little thing. That's it. I haven't heard it again. He mentioned a few things. I think he got a lot of backlash. I don't know. I didn't wasn't going to sit there and ask him. I felt like if he wanted everybody to know about the backlash he received, he would tell everybody. Mm-hmm. But I could just tell by the side eye comments on Facebook feed that he was getting a lot of backlash. Um, And, but he was very open and trying to understand what was going on, which was important to me. Um, But I mean, they're having, I feel like multicultural churches are having a hard time. You still have the white people that doesn't, don't understand it and are mad. And you have the black people that are sick of it. And then it's just a hard time them um and you know one thing i understand is i used to because uh, i go to a church that's the baptist um yeah. my husband will, will not go to a pentecostal church that's too much for him he grew up catholic so like the very the most
0: charismatic he's gonna get you gotta explain to people right because okay, okay not that, not churches the- are very Reserve Baptist churches let loose a little bit but Pentecostal is when they you start might, singing
1: you're gonna be, dancing
0: uh, you, know, so you might speak the tongues
1: you know everything
0: that's the how I it. Like, and
1: we're okay with that so I started being a little conservative until I heard you know how people when let's say a black visitor or a Latino visitor comes and they see me worshiping super extra like just how I am naturally that's going to make them comfortable to do so too and make other people comfortable to do so too. I'm part of the worship team and I do not, to actually do not tone it down for when I'm up there. I'm just as like extra as I would not in the pulpit. And you know, it blesses who it blesses. It gets on whose nerves, but I feel like that's where well, you're not there to worship them. You're there to for, worship God. But that's where it allows like the different races and different upbringings to come together like there is maybe a more muted person next to me and there might be, it's, I feel like that's where the multicultural, but there's not really that, When I say multicultural church, it's predominantly white. Right. Um, and the area we're into, but, but there's a reason why we go to all black churches or all Latino churches or all whatever churches, because that's the we're most comfortable in. And you want to feel peace. You don't want to feel like I got to turn, my blackness off. I gotta turn where I really am off, which I quit turning that off a long time ago. I used to. I used to straighten my hairs for interview because my hair was unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Then I decided if they're racist, I don't want them to hire me. Let them hate my hair. And so I quit doing that and yeah. just this- been my authentic self and I'm happy about it. I don't know if everybody else is. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i mean who cares i mean, I mean like i really don't care, care. Life.
1: god created me this way amen he wanted a little flavor so he added-
0: stuff. <laughs> he wanted the world to see the spice that comes for you
1: we actually look like cousins with our hair and with I our know. glasses it's
0: kind of crazy <laughs> it's the latino blood <laughs> it's a- So <laughs> oh lord yeah I do think that um you know I live in Rockwall Texas so there are some churches that are having this conversation and some that are not um but it is on there on the tip of everybody's tongue right um but how the conversation is moving forward I think that I, I think that and this is my perspective as a Christian I think that we won't move forward in our faith in terms of inclusivity if we don't have a genuine conversation and recognize that some feelings are gonna be hurt because it's a hard topic to talk about. And
1: right? Like and just because your black friend says she's all right with it doesn't mean everybody else is. Yeah, but maybe she's just not a confrontational person, so she's gonna let you say dumb stuff, <laughs> and you're taking that as acceptance. I won't. I'll call you out every single time. And and that's true too. <laughs> you know, like there's some people just gonna let you be dumb. I won't. <laughs> oh my god. It's so funny. Wow, how I gonna be like it. that's not right. Yeah, that's not how I think. <laughs> So, I, and I think where we're, um, churches lie on this, I don't even know what I was going to say. It must have been a lie. But my mom always tells me that. If you forget, it has to have been a lie. So, that's a lie. Get it. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. You're it wasn't good. a lie. It wasn't a lie. Um, church is a different topic. It's, it's yeah. hard because Black people... Latino Latinx people that don't want to identify as black or do identify as black it's hurtful to hear people that's supposed to love you say really hateful things about your color yeah it's hurtful and you know did they? I heard someone say like we um celebrated with y'all when you hurt with us like we're the body of Christ so you wouldn't allow your foot to be cut off and let it gush out. You would do a tourniquet. You would get surgery. Well, part of the body is hurting right now, right. and to not address it and to not care is hurtful, and it's gonna damage a lot of parts of the body. And This generation, I mean, our generation did care about social justice. Obviously, we're having this conversation, but the younger ones are really not playing about this stuff. They're like throwing full-on protests at 15 years
0: old. I'm like, at 15, (laughs) what the one from now? I mean, we also need to recognize how the the conversation has changed, and also what we were going through at that age. Like, we were dealing with 9/11. We were dealing with a war in Afghanistan and in Iraq. So, you know, as history progresses, we need to also recognize that we did do our part within the framework of what we were facing. Like, we faced 9-11, we faced Iraq, we faced Afghanistan, we faced a Great Recession, now we're facing COVID. You're like, Yeah, we're millennials, and we didn't protest in the same manner, but we made do with what we had, and we're still being voices today. No, for sure. I wasn't saying that. I'm yeah. saying More like the in between, like
1: the generation before is like, and then our generation is like, that's not correct, but we're not gonna ruffle any feathers. And this generation is like, F you, Grandpa, forget you, Grandpa, how dare you say that? And so, (laughs)
0: like,
1: they just don't care. Yeah, I'm not trying to overgeneralize, but I I know, no, they're, they're not gonna stand for racism in their family or out of their family, which is something that's refreshing. I think it's refreshing, but. But I don't want to see families broken up.
0: Yeah, and I also, and this is maybe just me, uh, I also want to make sure that as they stand up for what they believe, they are also willing to hear out different perspectives and at least comprehend it so that they can develop further into what either they believe or, you know, they change whatever they believe, they change it. Um, because I've noticed that some of these kids are like, this is what I believe. Don't, I don't want to hear anything else. And it's like, I get it. But like, you can't not shut it out. You know what I mean? You can't just like shut it down and say, my truth is the only truth. And I think that sometimes some of these kids, you know, they're, they're leaning towards that mindset, like group think, you know, like 1984, everybody better think the same way or else we're going to cancel you. (laughs) <laughs> and i'm just well, like, i know
1: i'm like if someone tells me to cancel goya one more again look that's, that's an example they, that's an he example he said he liked the dang president i'm not look, literally I need, a country, I need to have panamanian food i don't care about y'all's problem now i did cancel starbucks <laughs> but that was my perspective i don't i don't want to and that's where I don't like because i don't like anyone forcing me to think i'm not gonna force you to cancel Star- you want to drink starbucks drink starbucks Or i will cancel I'll, i'm gonna I will never cancel kind of- <laughs> 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 <I'm> not- <laughs> i got not going somewhere in the house too <laughs> it's not happening i tried it i tried a different season i'm like
0: mm, no it was not accident Oh my gosh. And that's an example. I'm like, you know, you're right. Whether you're right. whether you agree with the president's politics and policies or not, I'm not going to cancel you and just say, oh, we can't talk, discuss anything ever again. How dare you? And that's what people are doing to this guy who said, hey, I agree with some of your policies, president, Mr. President. And people are literally like, how dare you? And I'm just not. I'm not, yeah. I'm okay.
1: not talking to their family because they voted for Trump. Like, n- let's not take it to the extreme either. Any extreme in anything is not good. Amen. I think, and, that, and I feel like no, that's where
0: it's going right now. You're
1: right, but
0: I did like their tenacity. <laughs> I do, I do respect the tenacity. I do respect so it. Well, you're right. It's like getting to a group think, and
1: group think is horrible. Like, um, my undergrads in criminal justice, so there is. Like, someone getting mugged, and mm-hmm. this person's, like, getting killed, and everybody thinks someone else is calling the cops, no one calls the cops. Right. That's what happens in groupthink. Like, yeah. no, it's like, no one's listening unless
0: everybody's doing it, and that's just, then we're going to be, like, little robots. And that's, that's the one thing I caution right now. Right with every I love I love that there's discussion I love that we're challenging things I I love that that's great but let's make sure that we don't just close out everybody who doesn't agree with us and say "Mm -mm, if you don't agree with me you're out yeah yeah. change anyone's
1: mind if you're just kicking everybody out like yeah everyone's mind but I feel like there was a seed planted at least from my perspective to the people that i shared this christian video with or the people i share a certain thing like maybe they're like that's completely false but they're like well it did happen to stephanie like okay there's a seed we're not planting seeds if we just everybody's hateful and we hate everybody like
0: exactly you said it correctly we're planting seeds that doesn't mean we're going to get to see the end result of the seed we planted Like (laughs) Martin Luther planted seeds back in the 1960s and we're still seeing seeing the fruit of his seed today and he's not alive.
1: But he can't be like, well, I'm not going to talk to you if you don't agree with me. That's kind of like childish.
0: That's bigotry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's people being bigots. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't. Um, I know this. I think that we're, we're seeing big changes in our country, and I hope that at the end of the day, people don't say things that cut other people out of their lives forever because at the end of the day, we all need to live under this flag in, in America together. Like, we all, at the end of the day, have to compromise we're together. Human
1: beings. We do not function.
0: I don't care how individual
1: and individualistic the culture is. We're a social beings that require other people and so we're cutting off people left and right and we just hate every single person and that's not like us it's not good you know one of the some of the best places i ever worked at was because we had a multi-disciplinary team like Mm -hmm. cps we had the we had the cop there we had the lawyer there we had the nurse there we had cps there we, we had everybody And here we, we have the case manager and why, because I'm going to bring a perspective of mental health and full on advocacy. Well, this person might bring in the legality of it and this might bring in, And so together we will form a a better society. And that is with the body of Christ too. And the body has everything. We can't be everything. We have to have different perspectives to come up with the best solution. Cause I didn't know that stuff about history. I don't like history. (laughs) I was like, she said, I don't like
0: history. I love history. (laughs) I read it, but I'm like, I love it. I'm like, oh yeah. So this happened and this time and da da da. Girl, I love history. It's like gossip. History is the gossip of our ancestors.
1: (laughs) I'm all like, ugh. But what you said, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. But see, if I didn't know you and I was like, well, you said something that really messed me up, so I'm
0: done with you, that's just not going to work. Right, right. Okay, so let's close it out. One last thing of what you would like to say to the Pure Lunacy audience before we close it out. Otherwise, we'll keep going forever. Well, thanks for
1: listening. I don't even know what we talked about. I was just talking. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, like, oh, I'm, I'm hoping it makes sense. You
0: do. I said I said Long Island instead of Ellis Island. And you know you're, you're like, outside. That is. You're the history person. What's up with that? It's been a long day. Okay, forgive me. A long, long year. Forgive me, please. <laughs> so I make mistakes too. <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> yes. Yes, Lord. All right, guys, this is Pure Lunacy. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you Thank enjoyed, you for Stephanie. Me. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And I'm sure I'll have you on again because it's always a good time chatting.
1: I, I'm probably going to be excommunicated out of my church and my family after this. <laughs> we all good. <laughs> <laughs>